The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. This is the second episode in the Sustainable Brands 2019 Detroit series, and I got to sit down with the Director of Knowledge and Insights from Sustainable Brands and have a conversation all about the work that Sustainable Brands does, the events they host, and what events are coming up in 2019 and 2020. So here's my conversation with Demeter Vlahov, Director of Knowledge and Insights for Sustainable Brands. Yeah, so I'm the chief architect of the main program uh, of this flagship conference, as well as some of our other events in North America. And I also oversee content creation for our global list of events around the world, as well as some other content projects outside of event programs. Cool. So what does it mean to create content in this context? It means to follow the, the field uh, and all the latest that's happening in corporate sustainability and around it and sort of follow the pulse of it and um, pick uh, good, compelling topics and nice. speakers. Oh, very cool. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. it is. It is. I get to be a, a student of the field all the time. Yeah. And, Full time, yeah. And help the world know what's going on a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When they come yeah, here, yeah, so that's yeah. really good. That's what I'm trying yeah. to do as yeah. well. Um, so you said that there are other sustainable brands events, so it's not just the conference once a year? There's more? Right, there is more. Absolutely. Yeah, there is uh, about 12 or 13 of them in total. We have two in North America each year. This one, the flagship event, which is an all-topic, all-inclusive, everything under the very broad umbrella of um, environmental and social sustainability. Right. And we have a one uh, that's dedicated to sustainability metrics in North America. Mm-hmm. And then in, around the world, we have about a dozen more that are like a local version of the of our flagship event. So, And they're all associated with you? Do you yeah. work on all of those ones? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Where are some of the other ones in yeah. Europe? And uh, Yeah. Uh, around the world, a few in Europe, Paris, Madrid, a couple in, in South America, like in Brazil and Argentina. Oh, we have ones nice. in Japan, South Korea, cool. um, South Africa, Istanbul in Turkey, and some others. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Yes. Very cool. So when did this all begin? <laughs> I joined in 2012. So it's been seven amazing years for me. And Sustainable nice. Brands was founded in 2006. Okay. So yeah, Sustainable Brands as a, as a platform and a community doing the, doing this and trying to you know uh, advance the field has existed for over uh, a dozen years now. Very cool. And yeah, I've been part of the last seven. Nice. And so who who is coming to SB Detroit 2019? So who are some of the major people that are here? Chief sustainability officers or sustainability leaders from a big number of companies from all kinds of industries uh, are the core of the community, along with what we broadly refer to as brand managers. Mm-hmm. So people in marketing and brand strategy. So these are the two main sort of core groups within the community. And the idea is to beyond that, to b- bring, as our founder likes to say, the system in the room. So to bring representatives of all parts of a typical uh, company uh, so they can learn together because it's a collective journey. If you truly want to 
innovate for sustainability and get closer to being a sustainable company, mm-hmm. uh, then you need uh, more than just one team. You need pretty much all the leadership of, of the entire company to have that as a priority and to strategize and to act on it. So, yeah, at the core, sustainability and marketing leaders and beyond that, product innovators, leading nonprofits, you know, leading thought leaders, thought leaders in the space, consultants, it, it builds on from there. But, mm-hmm. yeah. And I guess it wouldn't really be fair to try and list them all because we would never get to everyone and then <laughs> yeah. we'd probably leave some people out. That's right. Absolutely. It's but, a long list. Yeah. But I might say some of the giant ones like Ford. Yeah. Right? For, I mean, we are in Detroit this week, so we can start absolutely with yeah. Ford and GM and um, a number of other brands here from, from this um, area. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, we have, you know, we, we have certainly mostly consumer facing companies from food and beverage, clothing and apparel, some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies. Yeah. From those and other sectors. And it goes on from there. Technology, automotive, obviously, as we as we started listing them. But I can list several more for you. The likes of, uh, and and more and more engagement we see from media companies as well. So we love having National Geographic and yeah. The Guardian and HuffPost and a number of others. Yeah. So that the whole movement can mainstream, yeah. which is one of our key objectives. Yeah, Scientific American. Scientific American um, is here. Led yeah. one of the panels that I went to yesterday. Yeah. I haven't got to too many, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we also have Danone, and we have Procter & Gamble, and Unilever, and Timberland, and the North Face, and... North Face is here. Target, and it goes on from there. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even Nestle's here, too, which is cool, because... Nestle's here in a big way. They're very active in our uh, community, yeah. And they've got two different bottles now that are 100% recycled plastic, which is really, really good to see, and they're trying to find ways of uh, getting those plastic bottles back into Mm -hmm. the recycling stream, so... One of the most popular sessions that we had so far, we are halfway through, but one of the most popular sessions we had so far was a session on... Uh, initiatives tackling plastic waste and yeah. uh, everything from recycling to to using less plastic to begin with to recovering plastic waste from oceans and rivers and the land and it was a really packed session in both senses there was the, the room was packed but uh, but also we had 12 companies uh, as speakers in that session so there are just that many great initiatives around that so yeah that's a big that's a big topic for Nestle and, and many others yeah, it's a very big topic right now for oceans and, uh, mm-hmm. and and different plastic initiatives. And was that the event yesterday with with Tupperware and Dell and HP? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's the one I was at. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, good, good. I was good. sitting in the front trying to get like little sound bites. And yeah, it was it was pretty cool to hear from everybody. And I wanted to hear from Nestle too because you know they're you hear about them a lot. So let's hear mm-hmm. what they're doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so what kind of events are happening? So if somebody attends a sustainable brands conference, what can they expect in terms of fun and yeah. you know, different activities? <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's always plenty uh, going on. So clearly we have the main program uh, with over 100 sessions here over the course of four days. But beyond that, we have some uh, sessions that allow you to interact and sort of brainstorm and innovate in real time the innovation labs in the expo area so that's one thing that happens during the day and then really uh more on the fun side at night we have all kinds of uh you know dinner events and parties that uh focus uh and celebrate individual topics or individual company achievements or initiatives uh from there it goes in in a number of directions we have uh, been known to party as a community yeah. <laughs> <laughs> late into the night, uh, you know, on a week like this, because it's uh, you're kind of back with your back with your tribe 
in a way there's that that sort of uh, that sort of community mm-hmm. feeling yeah yeah that's cool yeah yesterday i was walking around the expo till about 8 30 at night and i had a beer and I was... yeah well yeah of course it all starts there actually because yeah. that's that's the jumping off point in the early evening and into the, into the evening at the expo mm-hmm. with drinks and uh, little uh, all kinds of little events over there mm-hmm. and then into transitions into uh, you know fun events outside the building <laughs> yeah so yeah the- there's music playing and everything and there was food so I usually just bring my own containers and I'm, I would normally mm-hmm. never take like plates or cutlery that's plastic that was provided, mm-hmm. but they're compostable. They yeah. are, yes. We're very happy about that. And in addition yeah. to that, so we always seek to try to not compromise on that front. So certainly uh, all, all, all those that we're using this week are compostable. But on top of that, we are offsetting our carbon uh, footprint as well as water. And we have a waste partner as well. Um, so this event is actually entirely carbon neutral, water neutral, Good. and waste neutral. Yeah, even despite the the, the you know the, obviously the some small amount of waste we generate. Good that it's compostable, but it's also offset, so that's great. But the compostable stuff is going to a compost facility, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a big problem with compostables, right? Is that sometimes they just get thrown in the trash, right. and then like kind of what's the point? So yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it it could be better when it's in landfill, like in a thousand years, when someone's digging yeah. it up, like it yeah. might be easier. I don't know. Right, right, right. And I should clarify, actually, I'm sure you and your listeners probably know this. So it's technically, a, when I said it was offset, it's it's technically a net zero waste event. And to qualify for a, a zero waste event, you actually don't even have to be at 100% uh, zero waste, but up to 90% and above. And so we, we meet that criteria. So but, that's very high because, yeah. Uh, yeah, as my listeners would know, anyone who's trying to do it in their own household, I mean, the people who are doing the very best jobs of zero waste still have a jar a year. That's sort of like yes. the peak where anyone's, anyone's got yeah. to. So yeah, yeah. that's why it's a combined effort. It is a, a high um, you know, uh, bar. And that's why we, it's a combination between the compostables and trying to not use as, as much and uh, also then the waste offset and stuff behind the curtain uh, before and after the event. And so, yeah, our partner for that this year is TerraCycle, one of my favorite players in this whole space. Cool. Yeah, yeah. they're doing some pretty big things with Loop. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you Absolutely. know what company makes any of the compostable? Oh, it, it changes every time depending on what partners and sponsors we have. I know we've had a, a, a variety of different ones of, over the years. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. And is there sustainability in the food at all, or is that yeah, something? right? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. We uh, have two priorities when it comes to the food. One is uh, that we'd love for it to be local or as local as possible, or as much of the food served throughout the week uh, to be local, and then also uh, low climate impact. So you know, mm-hmm. not as much meat. I think today, for example, the lunch was entirely vegetarian. May even have been vegan. I'm not sure, but it was vegetarian for sure. I like, missed it. <laughs> at least when I got there, yeah, yeah, it was good actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna try really hard to get it tomorrow because yes. yeah, I, I saw it and it looked delicious. Yes. And then I went to do something and came back and yeah, and it was out there for hours too. It was totally yeah. my fault. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, so yeah. so we work, and this is uh, something I'd love to highlight is that one thing that we've done through the years is to try to work with uh, all the venues that host our events on on all the sustainability aspects that we mentioned, including waste and food and all that. And uh, what sometimes happens is that we help them elevate their sustainability game, right. you know, by kind of teaching them best practices or recommending certain practices. Typically, our standards are 
higher than those of uh, most, you know, venues. Absolutely. This venue is actually already pretty excellent at, at, at that Good. kind of stuff because they prioritize it on a on a strategic level. Good. So it's been it's been one of the the great ones to work with. And there's like a course or certificate or something going on in mm-hmm. sustainable conference management. Is that what it is? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sustainable event management. Yeah. 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 That's that's, a, cool. that's one of the tracks. So that's a subset of our community. Uh, we just one of many topics, but it is a topic. Uh, and so they have meetings here throughout the week, all kinds of um, event planners uh, who want their events to be as sustainable as possible. Mm. And that's um, really taken off. It's mainstreaming in that industry, which is very important because, as you know, a lot of events, a lot of conferences get run all the time all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many things that conferences and get-togethers and meetings and stuff can do. It's just a matter of getting the switch to happen. So yeah, it's good exactly that, that this is happening. Yeah, it's it, it's analogous to the the kind of progression that we see in, on other topics or in other aspects of sustainability, right? So, so somebody dips their toe in the water at first <laughs> by attending an event or a session, and yeah. right. So education is a very important part of what we do, and then. They um, they kind of see the the picture, see what the journey looks like on on their specific topic or broadly on sustainability and all, all kinds of topics. And then a few years later, they was you know, or next time they bring a colleague or they, they dive deeper. They go back to their office, implement what they work, uh, what they learned here. We we kind of try to keep track of that. It, it can be hard to keep track of how people are applying everything that you can learn at sustainable brands, but. Uh, delighted to see that you see a lot of uh, all kinds of interesting types of innovation mm-hmm. and, collaboration, and collaboration 100% yes yeah yeah it's a collective journey especially if you want to do it really well mm-hmm. uh, I have a, a friend and, and he's he sits on our advisory board uh, Kevin Hagen from Iron Mountain he likes to say that it's a collective journey and um just like you cannot have a, war, a one-car uh, traffic jam, <laughs> you cannot get to sustainability by yourself because uh-huh. by definition, it's a collective, it's a, it's a quality of the system, right? So mm-hmm. uh, a company cannot be sustainable if its industry is not more or less sustainable. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can be ahead of the pack, you can be a sustainability leader relative to the rest of your industry and so forth. But mm-hmm. anyway, so that collective uh, journey aspect of, uh, of everything is, is really important, yeah. That applies to zero waste, too. Yeah, zero waste, event management, all of it, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because we live zero waste, but if it's just one person living zero waste in their home. It's very analogous to that, absolutely. It doesn't have much of an impact, but if you go out and meet people and and figure out what they're doing and maybe open a store or find this brand or that brand that's doing things, and then that's when you really see the big picture. 100%. So zero exactly. waste is it's yeah. about the home, but it's also about businesses and yeah. collaboration yeah. and everything. Yeah, so. exactly. And actually to help with that, one of the projects that we're working on recently, we being the core sustainable brands team, but then also the extended team the, with some of our corporate member companies and some others, our advisory board, we're working on a roadmap tool to paint the whole sustainability journey from you know doing nothing on sustainability to all the way to everything it it takes to be a sustainable brand or a sustainable company cool. and what it takes in a bunch of different areas, right? So some of the topics uh. we've mentioned and others, yeah. So that when you have a clear, comprehensive map of the journey, it helps even more to break it down, to know where you're headed and how, and eventually on the higher levels of achievement, it becomes more and more collective. The more you do, 
the more you advanced you are on sustainability, the more you need to collaborate with others is one of the insights that we've reached. Yeah, it's really cool. And the easier it is for new companies to adopt sustainability practices yes. if they already have seen it happening. So exactly. it's like law, right? You right. get more and more law cases yes. and then it's easier to, yes. to, to do things that yeah. way. So that's really great. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And there's a water company here too, right? Because I keep filling up my bottle, but I can't remember yeah. the name. Flow Water. Flow Water, yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they're one of my favorites. We used to have one in, in our office in, in the Bay Area. Yeah, Flow Water, water purification. They purify the water in like seven or eight different ways. It, 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 all the different filters are um, listed on the, on the machine. And what I love about it is, so you go to the station, right? So it's like the, the water fountain of the 21st century or mm-hmm. of the near future. It not only purifies the water, but it tells you how, how much CO2 equivalent you offset or, you know, saves. It does? Because, yeah, because... I, don't think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. When cool. you, yeah, it's on the little screen and it, it tells you you've just saved the equivalent of two water bottles because you filled up your reusable bottle instead of... Okay, kind of yeah. like that one at the airport that they... Yes. I don't know if you've seen those big gray, like, junky ones. Yeah. That'll be, like, you know, 175,000 bottles yes. saved. exactly. Those, they are really high numbers. Like, whenever I see yeah. that, I feel like taking a picture, but they don't take good pictures because they're just right. these boring gray machines. Yeah. So, I'm like, why did I even do Yeah, 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 but it's exactly like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, at first, when we had one at the office of these flow water machines, we thought, oh, no big deal. We were very happy to have it. No big deal in the sense that, you know, it's counting, but there's only, like a couple dozen of us in the office we're not exactly you know a huge company so uh but then after several months of using it it like you said it was a big number mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like you saved hundreds of thousands of bottles and we were like wow it's really adding up so it, that do- cool? it does add up it is very cool yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a whole a whole problem with straws and all these little tiny things because yeah yes. you're right one straw not you're right but people say one straw doesn't make a difference and it's true one doesn't it's just that like seven billion people are saying that yeah right so then there's seven billion straws Every everything every small or big contribution counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing. Everything counts. Every single straw, everything makes a difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of say that because there was like this article that came out in the CBC about someone who had a disability and like really needed the plastic straw. So we were like, okay, like you know, you you should have a plastic straw because you need one. To, like, of course, yes. For that, but like everybody else, if you don't don't have right. a disability, like. Yeah. Do the paper straw. Exactly. Yeah. Or whatever. But uh, yeah, and that's why when some people try to argue that against switching over to other types of materials for straws, it's, uh, you know, that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, sure, there is a small number of people who do need plastic straws due mm-hmm. to very com- various medical conditions. But by and large, most of us, let's face it, really don't uh, don't have to have them. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. did California ban them? Because you live in California? I do live in California. Yeah, yeah I live in Oakland. Um, and uh, California as a whole... No, but parts of, or or if they did, I, I may have missed that. I'm pretty sure California, no, but certain parts of California, certainly, I'll, I'll tell you that the city of Berkeley, California, banned all single-use plastics, and that was wow. legislation that was passed recently, and it's, I think, becoming effective next year. So there's a bit of a transition period. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you have to let yeah. people get rid of the stuff they have, right? right? yeah. And then San Francisco and a number of other places in the Bay Area banned uh, single-use plastic bags specifically, right? So bits and pieces uh, in many places in California. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, specifically about single-use plastics. Good. And uh, yeah, so there's some progress. I don't think that's enough, but they're, they're, it's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, and is there a penalty for it? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the version that the city of Berkeley is implementing, they're actually a penalty for it. 
if you did not bring your own container or you really need to to use it. First of all, by law, they're supposed to now have compostable or biodegradable replacements for everything. So, you know, forks, knives, plates, cups, everything you could think of um, to go containers. But then if they don't, you're supposed to pay both the restaurant and in some cases, I think even the consumer pays an extra, like a fee for resorting to the, the plastic versions. If All these other options somehow are not, not available. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, they're pretty, yeah, it's like next level. And I think it's good leadership and I hope more mm-hmm. cities and, uh, you know, big and small do what Berkeley is doing. I feel like California is ahead of the game than, you know, the rest of North America when it comes to the environment. I so, would agree. Yeah. And we have a lot of listeners from California. Yeah, so if you're that's great. from California, hi. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're leaders in many ways in California, and I, yeah. we are, because I live there too. Absolutely. Very much right? feel as part of it. And honestly, it's a source of pride uh, for many of us. I, yeah. I feel it. I'm an immigrant, so I didn't grow up there, right? But uh, anyway, as a current Californian, love it. And I, I know California has had a history of being more progressive than most mm-hmm. on many issues and this is certainly one of them yeah 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 I, th- I wonder if it's because it's so beautiful because i used to live on the west coast of canada right. and it's so clean there and people care about the environment so much but then when i went back to the middle of canada it's like the opposite right that's an interesting thought yeah i, I don't know i bet it's part of the reason i think it's Maybe. a mix of things but that easily could be yeah Probably definitely a mix of things yeah, yeah. but uh, so how do you decide where a sustainable brands event is going to happen is there like certain criteria that you would go through before choosing a city or do cities apply to you like the olympics or <laughs> How does it work? Right. Um, so it works in a couple of different ways. For our events in North America, we choose the cities and we try to, for the first several years, it was always on the West Coast, always in California. Yeah. And in Monterey, California, That's and then uh, in San Diego for uh, five years. But then in the last few years, we've decided to try to change it up and to basically the, go back between east and west you know and then in, including midwest and uh, <laughs> yeah, what about the middle? east west east, <laughs> east west and middle absolutely and then um yeah for the international events they apply and you know they meet certain criteria and they show a certain level of you know uh knowledge and understanding and the type of partners we seek then then they get approved yeah so very cool and what about detroit specifically because there are some initiatives happening around town that are pretty cool right and that are actually part of the event yeah absolutely so detroit was uh an excellent choice and one we're really delighted about on a number of levels the main one being that it's a city that's experiencing a revival rebirth in so many ways and Uh, so the, the the recent story of Detroit and the way it's evolving and the way it's trying to innovate in all kinds of ways to bring itself back up is really inspiring and it kind of goes hand in hand with our most recent theme, you know, our theme this year, Delivering the Good Life. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's evolved into looking at how the good life is being redefined and then how companies can redesign products and services and everything they offer to deliver the good life, which basically has to do with more meaningful connections to nature and people and community more balance in people's lives right on on a high level and detroit is innovating in the same kinds of directions so my point is that the two go go in hand really well uh, hand in hand really well and so the story of detroit and many of the stories of within the sustainable brands community are 
closely aligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a bee, some beehive projects here. And yeah, specifically, yeah, I can I can share with you the a few of my favorite in, uh, of the of a big range of innovators in Detroit that that sure. are doing cool things. Yeah, there's some uh, urban uh, beekeeping. Yeah. Uh, so a way to uh, keep people employed and help. Uh, bee populations stabilize and and and, and grow. Uh, so win win prop- and make delicious honey on top of all that. Of course, Deli- mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Um, there is another one called Detroit Ento who makes flour from crickets. So cr- crickets, right. the insect, is very rich in protein and other nutrients, and so they grow them to um, to make. F- cricket flour which could then be made into chips and other food products good so they're so they're yeah yeah good protein they're based here some urban agriculture of various sorts mm-hmm. has uh, arisen in parts of detroit that was that were not de- definitely not thriving recently so now we're being re- sort of revived that way even abandoned properties in some places mm-hmm. and some other social enterprises i'll give you one more there's uh, one that takes discarded material from the big automakers you know, so leather and other materials that would normally become a car seat or be, you know, the you know the leather on top of a car seat, mm-hmm. and then you know, as with any production process, there's some leftover material. Anyway, these guys then turn that into bags or uh, sleeping so bags, oh. and for homeless folks or for people in need in the area. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that's avoiding some of the waste that otherwise would have been waste for GM or you know Ford or whoever, and. Um, so that's that's exciting. So quite a quite a lot of things. Even mm. Kobo, uh, the Kobo Center where this uh, event is happening, has uh, bees on the on the roof. I don't know if you knew that. Can we go see them? Or uh, I'm, I, well, we'll have to check. But <laughs> generally, they're yeah, they're talking about them at some point in the program. I just don't know if you can go at any time to see them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of uh, oh, that's very cool hives up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Detroit is actually like really pretty downtown. It I is. didn't know what to expect. I don't know if I've ever been here. Like my parents took me all over when I was little, so I don't right. know if I've been here when I was little, but right. um, it's a very beautiful river and the downtown is like not crowded. Right. And I guess that's part of the, you know, how Detroit, like a lot of people left, I guess. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. But, but this hidden blessing in disguise is that you can drive places and it's not in major traffic downtown and right. it's it feels nice and safe downtown and yeah. Um, yeah. there's pretty good food here and yeah. people are biking everywhere so there's those bike like where you yeah. rent kind of on mm-hmm. go and there's scooters everywhere which is cool yeah. I got the app but I haven't tried one yet but yeah. I'm gonna try to try I have one. not either but I, I know they're there yeah exactly yeah and they I know they've made conscious efforts to uh, make it more walkable as well it's good it, right yeah, now, too. Yeah, yeah. I walk like 30 minutes. At uh, least the central part of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. it's yeah, good. Yeah. The nice weather. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, they, I think they call it the people mover, that uh, little little uh, rail service that runs in between key key places in downtown Detroit. I think that's the it's, one that it we looks can like hear a, on like a mi- these recordings. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a mini bullet train, yeah. The one that goes right by yeah, here? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put a little warning in my last episode. I'm like, if you listen closely, <laughs> you can maybe hear the train that right. goes along the river. Yeah. And then there's those uh, little buses where everybody gets on and like bikes together and eats and like I think drinks. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Saying. Apparently that's a that's a really popular thing now. Yeah, I saw I didn't that. know much about them. I saw one the other day. But what a good way to, you know, kind of <laughs> pedal around and have yeah. and have a party on that. So it looked right? look fun, yeah. So where is the next Sustainable Brands Conference? So the next uh, flagship one, uh, the version of this conference next year, will be in early June uh, 2020, will be in Long Beach, California. So nice. back on Go the West Coast. Home. Yeah, for that, for, for next year. Yeah. I'm sure we'll 
come back out uh, after that. And then, but that's in June 2020. Before that, we have a number of them coming up in the fall. We have uh, two in Europe, for example, one in Spain in October, and one in Portugal, which is a special one because its name is SB Oceans. So we have a a sort of a, a single topic deeper dive in Portugal in November that will explore all the different aspects of all the challenges related to oceans. Ooh, very good. And plastics and uh, ocean acidity and a number of other things, the effects of climate change and, and all kinds of things. So, yeah. So will there be all brands or will there be some scientists there too? And oh, yeah. It will be our, our usual spirit of trying to bring the system in the room. Certainly brands at, at the center, but yes, uh, leading nonprofits, researchers. Yeah, absolutely. Some scientists, artists. Even here this week, we have some National Geographic explorers and some others, you know, that, that aspect of bringing you know, a more visceral, immersive experience to it is important for overall awareness, of course, out there in the world, but also even in our community who mostly know all the challenges and are working on them, all the audio-visual engagement and stimulation is, is there. So there will be plenty of that at SB Oceans. Will it all be in Spanish or...? Uh, no, uh, no. I think it will be an international event in many ways. Many of the contributors are international or not local, so it will be in English. Mm-hmm. Or for sometimes for the parts that are in the local language, there's translation. So Yeah. Yeah, we just had an event in Paris a month ago, which was largely in English. There were some French-only parts that were uh, translated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. And is there anything that you do in your life on your daily activities? You live in California, so yeah. you probably do quite a few things that are sustainable. To try to have a sustainable lifestyle? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, I've been car-free since 2007. Wow. Yeah, so I don't have a car. I haven't had one for a dozen years now. So how do you and get And I only it? had one briefly in college. So it was only for a couple of years in college, which was in Ohio. That's a different story. <laughs> but in the Bay Area, I haven't had a car. Uh, and in, I lived in Washington, D.C. before that. Also no car. Loved both places. Thankfully, both are places you can live comfortably with public transportation. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you know, all the usual things, recycling, composting. I will admit that I used to eat quite a lot of meat when I was younger and in recent years I've been reducing that and certainly yeah, be- beef above all which as as we know has the biggest uh, climate impacts on average uh, beef and other red meats so you know I'll have chicken slightly more guilt-free even though that's also great to reduce as well but yeah, yeah uh, so I've been improving my diet uh, what else yeah these are the main things it's very good. Yeah. 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 You're probably quite close to zero waste if you're composting and recycling because often that's all it takes. I do that and then I have a TerraCycle box for things like twist ties, um, yeah. like rubber bands that come around carrots and yeah, stuff Yeah, yeah. Like I that. definitely throw out the garbage uh, much less often than I used to. It's nice, and, eh? And, yeah, yeah. And I, um, a friend of mine taught me a, a little trick that I love that I keep my composting in the freezer. Uh, at least for a while, so it doesn't, you know, and I live in a kind of small apartment, yeah, so, it, do so it doesn't smell or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that helps. That's a tiny little thing. But anyway, yeah. You know, it's a huge help, right? Yeah, because it does. actually we have a big problem in Ottawa, in the city in Canada, right. uh, that they can't meet their targets for collecting compost. And then the people who are collecting it, Orga World, tried to sue the city because they weren't coming close to their targets. So mm-hmm. Orga World, like, had the infrastructure to bring in so, so much, like, tonnage. And then the city couldn't meet it at all. Right. And then they're like, what's going on? And it, it made a, a bad sort of relationship. Right. And it was because people don't want to do it. 
Like they don't yeah. want to compost because it's gross or they think it's gross or they right. don't have time. It's one of the biggest hurdles, yeah. Yeah, so the freezer is actually like really good and helpful. Yeah. Because it takes away, you know, the bad parts of it. Right, so. exactly. Well, I'm, I'm doing that. And uh, yeah, beyond that, I mean, honestly, the one thing that I wish I could reduce even more, I don't travel super extensively, but, you know, I, I, I do travel internationally, you know, a few things, maybe a few to several times a year. So my mm-hmm. air travel amount of air travel is the next frontier honestly and uh really hoping that there'll be more biofuels and more uh, aviation fuels with 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 that have a smaller impact mm-hmm. because let's face it isn't that one of the hardest things to give up is uh, going on vacation going traveling for work to interesting places i especially where i, find like where it, I live and it's cold yes exactly you really need to get away exactly. when it's cold for nine months well honestly yeah that, that too yeah 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 and I find that one of the hardest things to give up uh, in in the whole universe of things you could, you know, change. You know, so honestly, uh, reducing meat and being without a car and buying more sustainable clothes and stuff, you know, um, is mm-hmm. easier for me than giving up air travel. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you're traveling for sustainable brands, which is super important. And yeah. So when you're associated with the mission, with the, with the overall impact that we have, it's I feel better about that. It would be yeah. worth it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. This was great. So thank you for taking time. Yeah. I'm sure you're very busy running around this conference. Oh, my pleasure. Thank sure you. Everything's going. Thank well, you for so. having me. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a nice time. Thanks. Yeah. That was Dimitar Vlahov, Director of Knowledge and Insights for Sustainable Brands. He sat down with me in Detroit at the 2019 Sustainable Brands Conference. If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean. You can find me on Patreon. Or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.